Welcome to Human Factors Cast, your weekly podcast for human factors, psychology, and design. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our HFBS Presidential Town Hall for June 2022. No matter if you're joining us live or watching or listening to this recording later, thank you all so much for being here. HFES has invited me to host today. My name is Nick Rome. I host a weekly Human Factors podcast, and I'm joined today by the president of HFES, Chris Reed, by the president-elect, Carolyn Sumrick. We'll also hear from Tom Albin about HFES membership and Farzan Sassen Gohar on the plan for this year's annual meeting. Also, special thank you to some of the HFES staff who are helping behind the scenes today. Uh, we got a great town hall and uh, timely, relevant topics about membership and the annual meeting. Uh, and we'll be addressing some of your questions, comments, and concerns a little bit later. But first, I just want to level set with everybody uh, before uh, so everyone is up to date. This is a town hall open to everyone, uh, members and non-members alike, no matter which category you fall in. We are super glad you are here. Um, we are broadcasting this live across many platforms right now, uh, across the Human Factors Cast channels, as well as the HFES official channels. Uh, you can find us on uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. And uh, one note, you know, if you can't stick around for the entire town hall today, the event will be available to watch on all those platforms right after we're done. We're done. Uh, we'll also be distributing the audio version of this discussion on the Human Factors Cast podcast feed. One last important note. As we make our way through the conversation today, we ask that no matter where you're watching, listening, leave your comments in the chat. Uh, we will see everything on our end, so um, we, we may address them towards the end uh, and flag them throughout our discussion. Uh, so feel free to ask them at any time. All right. Give these guys some tough questions. We want to hear the tough questions. Uh, I've gone on long enough. I'm going to pass it over to Carolyn to go through some of the society announcements. Carolyn, take it away. Thank you. And thank you, Caitlin, who the uh, slides. So uh, as you heard, uh, we are going to be hearing today uh, from uh, two uh, very important volunteers in HFES, Tom Albin, who's the chair of our membership committee, and Farzan Sasangohar, who is the uh, annual meeting technical program chair. Uh, and so, Caitlin, uh, next slide, please. Great. So what we're going to be talking about today, very briefly, our agenda is updates on announcements, which um, you're also probably seeing those through the bulletin when you get that. Uh, if you're not getting the bulletin, I just want to bring this up because this uh, came up not too long ago. If you're not seeing, if you're a member of HFES and you're not seeing emails from us, it may be because you have something set in your in your HFES membership that you don't want to receive emails. If you don't receive emails from the society, you'll miss the bulletin, announcements on events and, and all of that. So if you're wondering, hey, I'm a member, but I'm not hearing anything from HFES, check to see how your settings are or contact um, our, uh, there's information at HFES, I think that would be the email address, but check on the website for that um, if you're missing information about the society. Um, on this slide, you can see our uh, photos from our prior to town hall. So this is the third one that we're having. The last one, which is a picture on the uh, right there, were uh, people who make our outreach division go and, uh, and are very active in that. So 
Uh, Caitlin, next, please. Great. And uh, Nick mentioned to put comments in the chat, but we'd also like to hear from you after the uh, town hall's over. And so this is a link to that. Um, and I think that'll be someplace else too, right, Nick? I mean, people don't have to very quickly write down what this link is, I hope. So we'll get that to you. No, yeah, the, the link will be in the description and the comments of this episode or this uh, this town hall. Great, thanks a lot. Okay, Caitlin, next slide. So we just kind of want to remind folks of some of the benefits of belonging to the society, uh, whether you are looking uh, for employment or whether you're looking for talent uh, in the area of human factors or ergonomics or user experience. Uh, HFES has a career center that is a great place to, to look and to advertise for, um, for professionals. So um, that's just a little reminder of, of one of the benefits of membership. Caitlin, next slide, please. And as we're talking about um, membership here, uh, we are a primarily volunteer organization. And if there is um, something that you want to get involved with, my gosh, I think uh, there, you're not going to get any complaints from us about uh, about stepping in and uh, contributing your, your great ideas and your time and your effort. Uh, there are lots of opportunities. If you've ever looked at our org chart, you know that there's lots of committees. Uh, and if something uh, piques your interest, we would love to have you contact um, the chair of the committee uh, that uh, sparks your interest. Uh, or if you aren't seeing something that you think, boy, there's really a gap here, you know, contact Chris, contact me, and talk with us about your, about your idea. Uh, that's how we uh, we stay new and fresh. So um, there's a link here which you can reach from the HFES website in terms of getting involved. There are lists of uh, volunteer opportunities there, but you know if you don't see anything that interests you there, again, um, that that's not the the end of it. There there are other ways that you can get involved. So um, please get in touch. Next slide, Caitlin. So coming up, elections. So we've had our nomination uh, cycle uh, and um, the slate is uh, getting prepared there. And we are going to be having our elections uh, coming up in July and elections voting matters. Um, I won't go into anything political here, just say, you know what happens. Things can be tight and things can go one way or another. and. Uh, so when people vote, um, they, uh, you know, that's a very important uh, way of expressing uh, your interest and your involvement uh, in the in the society. So um, also with a preview to next year, um, think about whether or not um, putting yourself out there, nominating yourself, nominating somebody that you think. Uh, could be uh, a great contributor to HFES. We are always looking for new people to come into leadership positions. 
Um, and of course, those aren't limited to the executive council. We have all these technical groups that have leadership opportunities. Um, that's where I got my start. Um, newsletter editor of the uh, industrial ergonomics technical group when I was uh, in college still. Uh, that, that was my start. And um, so uh, there, there are so many leadership opportunities within this organization. Um, next slide. So upcoming events. Uh, our annual meeting is coming up and we are gonna hear more about that from Farzan in just a little bit. Uh, we also have ErgoX, which is uh, uh, paired up with the annual meeting. Uh, we're really excited uh, about uh, these uh, two upcoming events. And uh, Caitlin, if you could press the enter button one more time, there's gonna be, there you go. Um, so we've got other stuff going on. You don't have to wait till October. Uh, we have a lot of events coming up, a lot of webinars uh, uh, that are planned in the next uh, several weeks and months. So please, that's a great way to keep apprised uh, of uh, upcoming learning opportunities. Uh, and again, if you don't see something that we're offering and you say, hey, I'd like to learn about this, get a hold of us and let us know. Or if you're a person who has information that you think other people would benefit from learning about, you got an idea for a webinar, get a hold of us, let us know about it. Next slide, please. So who is HFES? Um, just in case you um, are dialing in for the first time, uh, HFES is uh, an organization for practitioners and researchers in the area of human factors and ergonomics. It's where we share ideas. It's where we share our research. It's where we share our technical expertise uh, and um, we, which is applied in so many different areas. Uh, and um, yeah, that's all I'll say about that because I know we're short on time. So Caitlin, next slide, please. And who are we? Although we were formed in 1957, please don't think that we are staid and um, stodgy because we're not. Um, we just have a really long track record of um, effective uh, outreach, effective education. Uh, and we are, as uh, Nick mentioned, we are global. Uh, we have uh, member organizations throughout the world. We have members throughout the world. We have special interest groups, which are technical groups. We have affinity groups, which are not listed on the slide. We got to get that added. Uh, we have a number of graduate programs uh, that are accredited through HFES and people who are looking at graduate school can find programs described on the website. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll let it go with that. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Hey, thanks for bringing us in, Carolyn. And thanks, Nick, for hosting us um, and touching on Star Wars, one of my favorite topics every so often. So let's jump into the next slide, please. You know, Carolyn brought us in talking about what's HFES and how human factors and ergonomics ties into the world. 
this basically brings us along those lines. You know, you have this circle of life or this ecosystem, as I like to call it. It's looking at it from the perspective of what can be produced from the research side of the house and then transmitted over to the practice side of the house. So you see this continuous circle of life that essentially goes from creating needs and opportunities to providing solutions, um, providing people and resources. So that's something that we should always think about when we're doing this type of activity. How is HFE or human factors in ergonomics leading to help the world, help the US, help our state or wherever it may be? Next slide, please. All right, let's talk about a couple of highlights that have come out of uh, HFES in this last quarter. First off, congratulations to those of you who have been accepted to the annual meeting. Uh, you'll be hearing more of that from Farzan, so I don't want to take too much of his thunder, uh, but uh, congrats to you guys. Also, congratulations to the new class of government relations policy fellows. You know, you guys represent the best of us on Capitol Hill um, for the U.S. government side. So congratulations to that new class and good luck. And then there's also thinking about the things that we've done for write-ups. Uh, this year, we've been kicking off a lot of uh, monthly, almost monthly write-ups for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So you see a couple of items that are on there. We're basically following the diversity calendar. So uh, this month is Pride Month. So thinking about how human factors and ergonomics contributes to all these different efforts when it comes to diversity. Adopting governance culture. So thinking about the culture statement that recently went out you know, this has gone across to our leadership side of the house. We want to make sure that when we're coming to the table, such as at the executive council level, we're thinking about, you know, accommodations, uh, diversity, inclusion, integrity, all these different attributes that should be uh, considered when you're running an organization such as HFES on the leadership side. And so this is a, a this governance statement brings us a reminder of how we contribute to the table. Now, the other thing that's on here was we issued a policy statement on reducing medical errors uh, by focusing more attention on human factors in healthcare. Now, that was based on some uh, recent things that have come out um, on the legal side of the house and public media. It also led to what showed up on the healthcare symposium side of the house with the discussion on applying human factors and ergonomics to the Redonda Bot medication error case. And again, this is why we have to stay pertinent with what's happening in, in uh, the public setting, with what's happening in real life, that relevance matters and human factors can contribute. Then uh, this month, I also had the ability to reach out to a past president, uh, Dr. Bill Maris. Uh, the two of us came together for the National Academy's Board on Human Systems Integration and talked about human-centered design of exoskeletons and emerging technology uh, where the BOCI organization has the ability to contribute towards synergizing uh, U.S. government agencies around this capability. The last on here is our Human Factors in Healthcare journal. That's our newest journal that's joining a number of other journals. It recently hit over 3,600 uh, downloads. So that just came out in December. So congratulations to the Healthcare Symposium, or excuse me, the Healthcare Journal. Uh, next slide, please. This is the last of the updates that I'll go into. One of the things that we've been looking at are memorandums of understanding, reaching out to our technical organizations that are out there outside of the human factors and ergonomics domain and thinking about ways that we can contribute and learn from them at the same time. So the Applied Ergonomics Society, International Pediatric Simulation Society, and the Society of Petroleum Engineers 
are folks that we are now newly contributing and learning from at the same time. So congratulations to the teams that were behind these. Uh, and thank you for what you guys are doing with representing human factors and ergonomics in the world. Another thing to think about are service agreements. So accessibility and inclusion is an important asset of human factors and ergonomics. We recently signed on uh, with Nell Kineski. Uh, that organization is looking at ways to contribute more accessibility and inclusion towards not only our in-person events, but also online activities. And then there was a the public relations firm. So this one is our, our newest organization that we're working through, uh, Tech Image. We're looking at improving the capability of human factors and ergonomics in the public domain beyond government relations. So thinking of social media platforms, traditional media platforms, this is going to bring us out more into the world and, and have us do more interaction there. The last ones I'll touch on are in work. So we're looking at an MOU or Memorandum of Understanding with the National Safety Council, currently looking at interviewing firms to elevate our digital ecosystem, engaging in updates to the code of ethics and the code of conduct. And we're also looking at these uh, continuing the work with these task forces that are listed on here. So from the award side of the house, mental health, uh, user experience or UX, standards implementation, website updates, as well as environment and sustainability, all good opportunities. Next slide, please. Many have seen this, but not many have. So this is our strategic roadmap. It talks about all the things that have happened under my watch as president under my three-year term and transitioning into Carolyn's term. So it's a it's a evolving document. It's a living document. You can see items in black that are completed, items in blue, and items uh, still not yet in work. Today we're going to be talking about membership and programming or some of the events that we're doing. So you can see that one, one thing we're thinking about at the executive council level is ways that we can contribute to enhancing the value of what we do to not only our members and those who help us in leadership positions, but also those who are stakeholders, partners, and those who are outside of the organization. So advocacy is important there. That's what we talked about last time, diversity, equity, inclusion, things that we do within our committee organizations, as well as our operations standpoint. Next slide, please. All right, now we're getting into the meat and the potatoes for what we're doing today. So the executive council is, sits right in that big blue box in the middle. It may, it's made up of many different committees. Outside of the big blue box, you see our divisions. Last time we, we came on for our quarterly update, we talked about things happening on the outreach division. This time we're gonna be touching on internal affairs as well as education. Next time we come around, you'll see folks on the scientific public relations side of the house uh, excuse me, publication side of the house, as well as what's happening on standards. So next slide will lead us into where we are today with, with Tom and with Farzan. So Tom is coming at us from the membership side of the house. He's looking at it from the membership committee. Farzan, of course, coming from the annual meeting side of the house. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. I don't want to take up more time. Tom, are you on? You want to go ahead and kick us off in that topic? Thanks, Caitlin. I'm here. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in here though. Uh, I, I do want to. I do want to mention. So Carolyn brought it up earlier, right? It, there's plenty of volunteer opportunities within HFES, but then there's also sort of these uh, higher level holding office and and actually voting. I guess question is, 
how can we sort of encourage more participation from HFES members, um, you know, with, with the govern governance of HFES? Sure. One of the things that um, exists in our current organization is that um, only full members can vote. So people like associate and affiliate members, uh, early career professional members, uh, don't don't have the ability to vote or to hold office. So the membership committee has asked the executive council to think about and to revise the membership classes so that um, more members can vote and hold office within HFES. Um, I think we really need to to hear. Uh, those groups of people represented and hear their voice uh, within the society. Yeah, I agree. I think that's going to be a good way forward. Um, and hopefully their votes will count equally as much as full members. <laughs> that's my two cents there. That's me. Uh, Absolutely. That's me commenting. Uh, so, so thinking about sort of, I, I mentioned it earlier, right? We are an international organization. We have folks from all over the world watching, listening right now. How can we engage with these human factors, ergonomics professionals outside of the U.S.? Yeah, I think that's really critical for us to do so that we we have a good sense of uh, what's going on in the, in the rest of the world and, and for people to learn about what we're doing, too. So one of the things that the membership committee has done is we've asked the um, executive council to consider creating a, a new membership category. And we tentatively called that the uh, corresponding members. Uh, these would be individuals who are members of um, the ergonomics or you know human factors uh, professional society in their home country. Uh, but we'd establish um, a relationship with them so that they could be corresponding members with HFES. Um, we asked them to pay a, a nominal fee, and that would include benefits such as access to the journals, to read the bulletin, uh, all of those kinds of things. So that's, that's how we'd really like to, um, to, to have more influence uh, and more input from from the rest of the world is to get these uh, corresponding member class set up. Yeah, that's great. I know you know there's so many great folks uh, worldwide who could be part of this organization, this society. I think you know providing those avenues and easier ways to get involved uh, for for sort of less out of pocket, right? I think that's that's awesome. I'm gonna ask you some tough questions here um membership okay. it's it's something that i like to bring up at almost every town hall hfes membership it's been decreasing right has it been decreasing can you talk a little bit about that yeah it's it's a, a bad news good news kind of situation the bad news is fes membership has decreased um some of that's likely due to covid but the trend was evident before, uh, before COVID hit us. And between 2014 to 2021, membership decreased at about 4% uh, per year. Um, the good news is that that trend seems to be slowing, um, if not reversing. 
for example, if we look at year-over-year -year data, you know, May 2021 to May 2022, uh, that rate has slowed. It, we've we've uh, lost about um, a little less than 2% of membership. But if we look at the month-over-month -month data, um, our new members have been joining at a great rate. It's, it's up 58% uh, last month from the month we, uh, in the preceding year. So from May 2021 to May 2022, we've seen an increase in uh, about 58%. So that's good. Uh, that's, that's great to hear that we're kind of swinging around. Hopefully we're on the uptrend now or, or will be soon. Yes. The, the real question is, how do we get more people involved with HFES? How do we recruit more HFES members? Yeah, I, I mean, we could talk about this a lot, but there, there are several things going on. I think that we do a reasonably good job of, of recruiting new people. Um, but what we, what we need to work on is retaining members. In other words, um, you know, one of the questions we have to ask ourselves is, are people dropping away after they've been in the society for a year or two because they're not finding uh, what, what they wanted there? Um, if we look again at the change from uh, May 2021 to May of this year, we've retained about 76% of, of our members um, so that's that's why it's really critical for us to build mechanisms to to find out what people expect, what people want uh, from HFES membership, uh, and and then do our best to to deliver that so that they find um, membership in HFES something that's valuable and that they want to maintain. Yeah, you know, myself included, I think there's a lot of members. Um, and, and prospective members who really, they, they want something back. Like, what's in it for me, right? What, it, what sort of benefits do folks generally, do you hear about, what do they want from HFES membership? Well, uh, two of the big things, we, we ran some surveys last fall of members and non-members. And the two things that really jumped out were practical training, you know, things that I can apply on the job, maybe that I didn't learn in the classroom. And the other, um, the other topic was networking opportunities. So uh, we've, we, with the membership committee has initiated some practical training. Uh, we, we were able to negotiate with a couple of UX training providers uh, and get discounts on training costs um, for HFES members. Uh, those are programs. One is a diploma program um, that they consider roughly equivalent to an associate degree. Uh, the other is, uh, is a shorter term uh, boot camp kind of uh, uh, event, but both give, um, both give certificates, both help people work on uh, portfolios of work so that um, they have something in hand when they go to a job interview that, that helps them to stand out from, from the rest of the crowd. 
Um, we're working on getting some similar kinds of training. I think Tom Roll mentioned that in, in, the, uh, in the comment line a, a while ago. Um, it, we're, we're looking at practical uh, physical ergo training, uh, training courses that are offered by uh, some of the universities in, in the U.S. Uh, Berkeley, Ohio State, Michigan, and North Carolina are the ones that come to mind. Um, so we, we hope to provide a, a webinar that's uh, like the one we did for UX training uh, that will acquaint people, introduce them uh, to, the, to the training that's available and uh, help them make the link if, if that's what they're looking for. So we also want to, uh, I'll just go ahead and, and keep on going here. We also want to find out what people want um, so we understand networking. It's pretty straightforward to uh, set up networking events at a meeting, for example. Um, but we don't know what the topics are that, that people uh, want or who they want to meet or what they want to talk about. So we're, we're in the process of, of um, asking people about that. Um, so one of the things that we're going to be doing is at the annual meeting, uh, we're going to have volunteers going around asking you, what would you like to see? What would you like to hear about? Uh, what networking topics, those kinds of things. So if somebody comes up to you at the annual meeting and asks those questions, please give us your, your input because that's, that's what we'll use to, to develop uh, offerings in the future. I got a couple follow-up questions here, right? So, so we're planning to ask at the annual meeting, right? What about what about all the other members that uh, might want to do a networking event virtually? Are, are we planning any ways to reach out to them to see kind of what a virtual networking event might look like? Yes, um, we definitely want to do that. Uh, we know that that's something that that um, we could be providing year-round. So, so we are trying to explore that. Uh, to, to find out how we can set up events, uh, how we can identify topics, and how we can put people in touch with one another uh, when they want to network. Great. So is there anything else that we need to know about sort of membership at this time? What else you got for us? Anything? Um, yeah. I, one, one other thing. One of the things that we've heard that people want or need is is ideas about how to write uh, for social media, whether that's a technical group or affinity group or um, a student chapter or a local chapter. So we're in the process of planning uh, a webinar uh, that we'll talk about that. We'll talk. We'll have a couple of people present about how to tell a story on social media, how to write for social media. Uh, one of the great suggestions we got from a committee member was to, to contact some journalists uh, who, who, who routinely write for social media. So we've recruited um, a, a journalist to uh, come and talk to us about how we might want to structure our, um, our social media content. 
Great. Well, thanks for, for thanks for breaking down membership. What's going on with membership? If you all have any questions about membership, questions for Tom, drop them in the chat. We'll get to them at the Q and A portion. Now I'm going to bring in Farzan uh, to talk about this year's annual meeting, and uh, this this is going to be a fun discussion. I think you know, I I really want to know what's going on this year uh, at this year's annual meeting in Atlanta. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course, Nick. So just want to start with a little bit of overall stats. Um, this was a great year for us. We received uh, more than 600, 674 submissions in seven different submission categories. Um, really glad to report all of our 26 technical groups are represented. They had submissions and they're going to be in this year's program. So it's a very deep um, and with a great uh, breadth program. Uh, all these submissions were double-blind, peer-reviewed. I'd um, like to thank our great community for volunteering again year after year. This year we had 1,630 reviews done uh, for these papers. And we accepted uh, about 300 lecture presentations, about 30 discussion panels. Uh, we had some symposiums. We had eight workshops accepted. Um, and some alternative format presentations in um, more than 100 posters accepted. Um, these papers were due last week um, and we're in the process of putting them together uh, in our proceedings. Uh, registration is open um, since June 1st. We're expecting a great turnout this year because it's in Atlanta. I'm going to talk about Atlanta a little bit. Um, deadline for the discounted rate uh, is August 5th, so please register early to take advantage of this great discount. Um, and Atlanta uh, this year is going to be great. It's one of the most exciting meeting destinations, in my opinion. Atlanta is very accessible, very student-friendly. It's, it's an airline hub, so it's easy to get to. City is very uh, walkable, uh, offers great dining options. Um, we're working with our partners to form a local committee uh, to put, put together some really great technical tours. As you know, seven out of uh, Fortune 100 companies are headquarters in Atlanta metro area. of Coca-Cola, Home Depot, UPS, Delta, AT&T, um, and all these companies have major HFE or user experience teams and, and efforts. Um, so what's new this year? It's, it's a really exciting year because we have some new initiatives. Uh, this year, uh, we're going to have a plenary session every day of the conference week. So thanks to Chris, uh, Chris Reed's leadership, uh, we'll have some great speakers this year, some really nice panels to kick off, kick off every day with some topics uh, that, that everybody's interested in practitioner-oriented topics, diversity, equity, inclusion type of topics. Uh, so it's going to be a great, great event in that sense. Um, every day we're going to have some, some major speakers showing up starting the day for us. Um, we're also inviting late-breaking submissions this year. Uh, you're going to see a call coming out in July, and we'll accept uh, submissions in August. And these late-breaking uh, presentations uh, are really capturing latest breakthrough in human factors, ergonomics research, and practice. Uh, this should be recent. This should be innovative. This should be high impact. Um, and the format's going to be a little bit different than our general lecture presentations. They're going to have much shorter abstracts and shorter presentations. And, and submissions are not going to be published in the proceedings. Um, but 
regardless, it's going to be a, a very important event for us. We're going to have two of those, one for general late breaking and one for our UX day, our user experience day. Um, then this year, we'll have a special session dedicated to society awards uh, to recognize uh, our awardees and fellows. Uh, this new session uh, is going to take place as part of our welcome opening reception on Monday afternoon. Uh, it's going to include the major awards. This this year, we're going to have some acceptance speeches. Um, we traditionally have great food and drinks. Uh, this time, potentially even some live music and and and, and DJ. Uh, special thanks to the awards committee, uh, awards ceremony committee uh, that Chris uh, Chris uh, put together. Chris, Carolyn, Ron. Boring Nancy Stone and HFU staff. They're working really hard to make sure this is an exciting event. So you really don't want to miss this opening reception this year. Um, in addition to that, we have our receptions, a new reception this year for early career and pr practitioners together on Tuesday. And as usual, we have our student reception on Thursday. Uh, so many opportunities for social networking. Um, and, and having fun at the annual event. Um, we've also been working very closely with our Council of Affinity Groups to make sure this year's annual meetings are most inclusive, most tolerant, most accessible meeting we've ever had. Uh, we're going to have several DI-related activities, um, at least four really good panel discussions on DI that I can uh, recall, perhaps more, uh, this year we'll have an uh, ombudsperson on site. Um, we're going to have a new printed program that emphasizes the DI relevant program. We're going to have a new app that's going to have searchable DI content. Um, and then Society has recently hired an accessibility consultant, as, as Chris mentioned. And you're going to see more details of that coming out now soon. Wow, that um, was a lot. That's, that's yeah, a lot of new yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's one more. Oh, yeah. We've been what listening you to your feedback, members. Um, we had a lot of comments on the app. And it's kind of ironic to have a you know app with poor usability for human factors or economic society. So uh, we've been listening. So we're changing our meetings app. Um, uh, this time, this new app, we have a new vendor. Um, and I think our members are going to really enjoy this new app. It's going to make it really easy to find sessions, to create an agenda, have some really cool networking features. You're going to have a virtual business card they can just scan, uh, has direct messaging, uh, bulletin boards, uh, and most importantly, um, it does much better on real-time updates and alerting members on changes, daily changes. Um, so, yeah, so that's some of the highlights of, of the new stuff we're going to do. Can you tell us a little bit about, like I said, that's a lot of new stuff. That's awesome. I, I love sort of the, the direction we're going. Can you tell us about some of the stuff that exists already that you might just need a little reminder on? Of course. Um, so we're going to continue the tradition of having our usability and user experience day. Uh, this year is going to be on the Thursday of the conference, an entire day full of, you know, a deep program, really interesting uh, um, uh, panel discussions and lecture presentations and a kickoff a plenary session on usability and user experience. Um, 
On Monday, um, we're going to have a full day worth of event on our Student Career and Professional Development Day. Uh, so full day program dedicated to our student members on topic related to careers and human factors, transitions, uh, a lot of opportunities to do networking. Um, and this is in addition to our really nice workshops that day. This year we're going to have eight excellent workshops, um, some half day, some full day. Uh, we're going to have many mentorship events and activities, as Tom mentioned, um, and various social events. So please stand by. We're going to start um, talking about these events as we get closer to the annual meeting. Awesome. Hey, a uh, question for you. I heard that there might be an independent Human Factors Media outlet broadcasting from the event. Is there anything that you can comment publicly at this time about that? I've heard those rumors. Nick, okay. Too. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So I think we can uh, actually make the announcement here that we're going to have Nick on board this year. Um, on at least the first day of the conference, if not more, to do a little bit of um, uh, co-broadcasting. So he's going to be there doing some co-broadcasting, doing some really interesting interviews with some of the speakers, with some of the leadership. I think uh, some of those uh, international members who can't unfortunately attend uh, can take advantage of this opportunity to, to know of uh, what's going on, at least on the first day of the conference. And I'm sure Nick's going to do a lot more than that and going to summarize this in other sessions. He's going to record. And um, I have more good news for our international members. Um, that's going to come out later. Unfortunately, I can't break the news now. But there's more for our international members. Awesome. That was totally unplanned, by the way. That was not in his uh, prepared remarks or anything <laughs> like that. I just kind of threw it on him. Anyway, thank you for going over this year's annual meeting. Um, I think right now we should bring everybody back in for a Q&A. So let's get everybody back in here. We got some great questions in the chat. Want to make sure we have an opportunity to address some of these. I'm going to pull uh, Rashad's question first here. This one's a heavy hitter. Y'all ready for this one? Uh, last year, the HFES Executive Council set forth a progressive action plan to explore and address diversity and inclusion. The plan included a number of measures HFES leadership intends to take and increase uh, diversity and equity. Aside from, sorry, bringing it up, aside from the creation of a scholarship, affinity groups, and celebrating designated months, what other tangible actions have been taken or are planned to increase diversity in HFES membership? It's a great question. Who wants to take it? So I can I can start out, but I'm going to have other people chime in here too. Um, one thing I want to say, yeah, it's hard to tell because we have not updated the website. That goes to the to the other comment there, um, which I apologize for um, that that we aren't doing a better job at keeping folks um, informed about what we're doing. Uh, uh, in this area. And um, so some of the things um, I will mention, so in Rashad's comment said affinity groups. Well, I want to tell you what some of the affinity groups are doing because that is a piece of it. You know, starting the affinity groups is one thing, but then what are they actually doing? They're doing some really great things, particularly around mentoring. Um, they are, a couple of the affinity groups are developing mentoring uh, programs and they're actually taking different approaches. So it'll be interesting to see 
you know, what what um, patterns seem to work or do they both work equally well? Some of them are more like small groups, mentoring groups, and some are more of a pairing of one to one. So we'll see, you know, how those work. And um, I think those models will be really useful for uh, sharing with the TGs as another mentoring um, uh, 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 other groups that could be doing mentoring uh, as well. Um, we uh, had the first seed uh, grant opportunity for the intersection of uh, human factors and uh, and uh, action against uh, or anti-racism action. And those seed uh, grants we offer, we, we awarded two of those last year. So those folks in terms of timing are gonna be finishing up, these are one year in length, those folks are gonna be finishing up um, sometime later, like summer, early fall. They're gonna be presenting at next year's annual meeting, what their projects were about, what they learned, and then this year, we have, we're running this again. We've had eight uh, proposals submitted. So that's super exciting. Uh, and we're gonna be starting the review process of those. Please watch for a call for reviewers. Um, what we do is we look to see what the areas are um, that are being touched on in the proposals. And then we put out a call for people with expertise in those areas. Don't have to be a member of HFES to be a reviewer. Um, and, and so that's another way that we're, we're expanding and getting, getting people involved and, and expanding the, you know, our basically putting money where our mouth is. Um, so those are just a couple, a couple of things. If anybody else, was, oh, well, Farzan, you mentioned at the annual meeting, certainly, um, there's two or three, at least, presentations that are that are specifically either from the Diversity and Inclusion Committee or one or more of the affinity groups, correct? Absolutely. At least four discussion panels uh, that are larger sessions, so they're getting a lot of attention. Excellent. And And Carolyn, on top of that, this year, the HF Prize, which is one of our you know, most prestigious scholarly awards we give out is on the topic of DEI. This is inviting uh, our community to, to, to push scholarly work done on DEI. And then I'll just add uh, one more item beyond that. We have the Listening and Acting webinar series uh, that's been going on since 2020. And so every couple of months, we add a new webinar onto that series. And that's looking at, again, topics related to DEI from the perspective of uh, race, ethnicity, women, socioeconomical perspective. All these are, are different ways that we can touch on that topic. Awesome answers, everyone. Appreciate it. I, I want to remind everyone that's watching, listening, if you have any questions for uh, HFES leadership, please drop them in the chat. Uh, we got a couple minutes left here. Um, I do have one more question for y'all. This one's about uh, college students here. Um, this one's by Katie on LinkedIn. Uh, my my college, the college, many college students I have met either don't 
know about HFES or don't know they can become members or, or what they could even get out of a student membership. How do you think HFES can attract more student membership and get students to get more involved? Tom, I know you had mentioned some of this, um, you know, allowing them to vote in, in some of these uh, government or not government, the, the uh, leadership positions. Do you want to add anything else to this one? And, and just to be clear, I, I, I don't think the proposal was to uh, give student members a vote. Uh, we, we absolutely need what, um, what interest uh, to, to members. To, to that effect, we have involved a couple of uh, uh, student member chapters about what could we be doing on social media to increase uh, promotion and awareness of, of humanities and, and ergonomics. I, I think it's one of the things that um, struggle with as, as a society is to really push out information about the, the knowledge and skills that we have and how that would impact um, you know, organizations and functionality of, of um, of, of systems that, that other people set up. Um, so I, I guess that's kind of a rambling answer. Absolutely, we need to get uh, an increased awareness amongst students. Um, we think that one way to do that is by developing more social media content uh, and pushing that out so that, that students are aware. And to that end, we've uh, definitely involved uh, students and local chapters uh, in the discussions of how we manage that. And Tom, I'll, I'll add something else that we've been working on in the last couple of years for students, which is with regards to expanding educational opportunities towards non-traditional paths. So if you think of things like uh, DEI when related to historically black colleges and universities. So creating new, brand new curriculum for HBCU, HBCUs um, that traditionally wasn't there for human factors and ergonomics. So we're, we're starting to edge into that with some of the HBCUs, especially as we enter into Atlanta, which is has some heavy HBCUs in its presence. Um, and then beyond that, you know, thinking about uh, STEM societies, uh, so science, technology, engineering, math societies that are in the DEI format already. So we're thinking about like uh, ACES, the American Indian um, Science and Engineering Society. They have an MOU with us that we signed with them last year. And we're working with organizations beyond that, such as uh, looking at for the Hispanic professional organizations or looking uh, on the Society for Agent Scientists and Engineers or SWE, you know, Society for Women Engineers, lots of opportunities to expand again into non-traditional formats, but blending these different worlds to again, look at how to improve access for human factors and ergonomics. So one thing I'll mention, I'll just jump in. I know we're kind of short on time, but, um, and, and I have to say, I'm not a social media person, uh, but I, I uh, heard about this and, and saw examples of this, um, from uh, somebody who's an industrial hygienist. And, and this lady was um, making 
you know, like little Instagram videos or tweeting, I don't know which, sorry, I'm going to sound so ancient, but um, she would make like little short videos. And it's basically, I'm an industrial hygienist. This is what I do. And they're very short. And then, you know, she talks about the very interesting and exciting things that she does. And of course, she's passionate about what she does. And so I think that, the you know, you got to go to where students are and, you know, the web is not exactly where where they are, but that's where our information is. So at least if we could direct them to our website through things like, you know, short videos that they would see as they're, you know, searching through um, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, looking at looking for stuff that's interesting. Um, I think that, you know, that could be one way to, to contact folks. All right. We have, uh, we have one more question and then I think we'll get out of here. Uh, this one's by Judy on LinkedIn. Has a memorandum of understanding uh, with BCPE been explored? What's going on with that? Who's taking this? So there's... And a thing called the Alliance, and it's got some really long name, and I can't even ever remember the whole length of it. But it's basically an organization that's been formed through or with um, FPE, so Foundation, uh, BCPE, and HFES. Uh, and we're actually looking, oh, it gets to make an announcement about this. We're actually looking for a couple of people um, from HFES to represent HFES in this alliance. It's basically, um, you know, the, the thing that they're focused on, obviously, is, is practitioners um, and, uh, so, and, and certification. So if you're somebody that might be interested in representing HFES uh, in this alliance that is, again, made up of folks from BCPE, FPE, and HFES, Get a hold of me. Let me know. All right. With that, let's go ahead and wrap it up for today. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed this town hall discussion today. If you like this, we invite you to join us next time for our next quarterly town hall and join us at the annual meeting. As a reminder, there is a link to a survey in the description so that you can let us know how we did today, what you might want to hear from us in the future. I want to thank all the distinguished panelists today and everyone else on the HFES side of the house helping out behind the scenes, making this happen. And always find the latest from HFES at HFES.org. We want to encourage you to join the HFES LinkedIn group uh, and uh, take a look at those HFES bulletins in your emails. Keep up to date with some of the society news. As for me, I've been your moderator or host, Nick Rome. You can find me on Human Factors Cast, our weekly podcast where we talk about the latest news from around the Human Factors world. You can also find me on social media at Nick Rome. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning us, uh, tuning into this town hall at the end of the regular, my regular show. I like to uh, end it by saying it depends because in Human Factors, we all know that is the de facto answer for everything. On the count of three, will everyone join me in saying it depends? Ready? Three, two, one. It depends. It depends. depends. (laughs) Human Factors Cast brings you the best in Human Factors news, interviews, conference coverage, and overall fun conversations into each and every episode we produce. But we can't do it without you. The Human Factors Cast Network is 100% listener supported. All the funds that go into running the show come from our listeners. Our patrons are our priority, and we want to ensure we're giving back to you for supporting us. 
Pledges start at just $1 per month and include rewards like access to our weekly Q&As with the hosts, personalized professional reviews, and Human Factors Minute, a Patreon-only weekly podcast where the hosts break down unique, obscure, and interesting Human Factors topics in just one minute. Patreon rewards are always evolving, so stop by patreon.com slash humanfactorscast to see what support level may be right for you. Thank you, and remember, it depends.